I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi guys, so this week on Lucky Patterson's Secret 2, we are joined by the lovely Montana Rose Brown. Unfortunately, Montana's internet was a bag of shit and the line is a little bit dodgy. But please bear with her, have some patience because it's such a good app. She is funny, she is honest. We get so much Love Island goss. So please, please, please just exercise a little patience on this one and I hope you enjoy. Welcome back, everybody, to part two of Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2. I honestly think I could talk forever to my lovely guest. Um, Mon, how are you? Are you okay? Did you have a nice break? Did you have a wee? I always have a wee. I had a wee. I checked on the dog, you know, all mum life. Um, and I'm ready to crack on part two. Just the dirt. Yes. Oh, she wants to go balls to the wall. It's going to be a big one, part two. <laughs> I'm excited. Honestly, mate, right? Like, I know being even younger and in getting this world for the first time and all that, it, all of your little insecurities would have been exacerbated. And even if you didn't have any, like, even if you're quite a, a confident, like, normal, like, girl, I feel like it can create, like, um, hang-ups and things that never pre-existed. But I remember, so just, I remember going to see a woman um, and I wanted, a, like, a facial. I was like, listen... I'm the only I'm the only cunt on social media getting any older. Like I need to do something. Like everyone else is Benjamin everyone else is Benjamin buttoning, like help me. Um and she was like, okay, and I think it's very dangerous when you walk into these places and don't have a very definitive, clear idea in your head of what you want. And you almost give these people like a little bit of too much control. And um, she was like, well, if I was you, like you're 30 odd, I think it was only a couple of years ago, so now 31, 32. She was like, you definitely need to start with Botox. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Definitely oh, not what I've been here for, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks. And then the next thing, she was like, and you know, you just want to lift your face. So I'd definitely go for some cheek filler. And I was like, Oi, hang on a second, like, I've come in here for a facial mate. And I was like, I understand, like, I probably seemed quite, like, like, uh, what's it, like, clueless, so you probably wanted to try and help us in that. And if that's your professional opinion, it's fine. But I said, oh, I went, oh, no, like, I really like my face. Like, don't get me wrong, I know I'm not Margot Robbie on out, but, like, <laughs> I like how I look, and I want to see myself in the mirror, so I'm okay. She was like, honestly... 
the, the cheek for that would be great. And started listing off all these people who she'd done. And I thought, there's so much wrong with what's just happened. Like, for starters, like, there's zero doctor-patient confidentiality, evidently, if you've been telling me all these people you've done. And secondly, like, I'm 30-odd, so I'm going to tell you no quite confidently. Yeah. But if I was, I know myself, and if I was 20-odd, I would have just gone along with that. And that's scary. That is scary. And I think that's what is the problem is that so many people try and take advantage of you being at such a young age. And and that's not just, you know, going into a clinic. That's like agencies. That's going into clinics. It's your friends. It's people yeah. that want to be your friends. It's so many people. And I think it makes you so paranoid. I remember being super paranoid, super anxious just about everything because I do, you just feel like everyone's out to get you in some capacity. And it's it's really, really sad. And I think I was really, really lucky because all my school friends, they just kept me super grounded. They were always really supportive. I'd bring them along to all of like my events and yeah. they made me feel normal. Whereas I definitely felt very abnormal in the industry just because you know what reality people are like in general. They're all so fun and so charismatic and, you know, life and soul of the party. And I definitely did not feel like that. I think I always felt like, you know, why? Maybe I am boring because so many people used to tell me that I was boring because, you know, I wasn't like swinging from the chandelier or like jumping on the tables and like getting drunk and letting people pour tequila in my mouth. That is definitely kind of considered as like boring. People are like, oh, you're being so boring. Oh my God, you just can't let your hair down. And so at 21, 22, I was always like, oh my God, maybe I'm just really boring. You know, what do I have to offer? And again, that, that made me like question. I was like, who am I? And maybe I should be more fun and maybe I should drink more. But realistically, I just, it just wasn't something that was on my radar. No, but then I think it's so great that you didn't bow to peer pressure and it takes every type of person to make the world go around. Like, Jesus Christ, like, we don't all have to be like coke sniffing, chandelier swinging, <laughs> yeba bomb drinking, <laughs> slut dropping lunatics. Like, it's so nice to have lovely people you can have nice conversations with. And I would honestly, you know this now, like you've worked it out the hard way, unfortunately, but I think people um, in particular, like trolls and, and, and people who are commenting, on people on reality TV shows, then you're never going to please everybody. Mm. Like there's, and I have this saying and I tell everybody and it's, there's like, right. So basically there's always just going to be someone who doesn't like peaches. And basically you can be the nicest peach. You can be the fuzziest peach and the fluffiest peach and the ripest peach on the tree. But honestly, someone's just going to come along who doesn't like peaches. Mm. And that's absolutely fine because you can't please everybody. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so pleased you've like got through this reality TV <laughs> like, uh, like thing, uh, re- relatively unscathed and you're still so naturally gorgeous and you still know yourself. Like, I'm so pleased. Are you pleased? I'm really pleased. I am pleased because I think I had like, I definitely had a bit of a crisis. I think especially like when, you know, Mike committed suicide and all, around all of that kind of saga, I really questioned in my head. I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like, who am I helping? What am I doing with my job? Because at the time, I think I felt really shallow and I felt really, I think, superficial. Because all I was posting on my Instagram was, you know, promoting like different clothes and hair products and I thought I'm not helping anyone with this there's people that are genuinely depressed and suicidal in this world and this isn't just in the industry this is beyond the industry this is kind of a global issue 
And what am I doing to contribute to this? Because, you know, having over a million followers, you do have a social responsibility to help people. And I think I did question my life at the time thinking, what am I doing with my life? Like, I'm not helping anybody. I'm not doing anything good. I'm just kind of living quite a selfish life. And, and I think you're a perfect example of someone who you really help people without even knowing it, just by posting the highs and the lows of your life, by showing people that you get upset, by showing people that, you know, owning a dog is hard, and by showing people that, like, you do suffer with anxiety, and even, like, going through, like, a public breakup in the way that you did and how you spoke so openly. Like, so... I don't even think you realise how many lives you probably save on a daily basis just by you being you and showing your true self and showing that you are just a normal person. And I think that is the key to being a really good influencer is showing people what real life is and showing people that they're not alone. And I think you're a perfect example of someone who does that so well. Thank you, mate. That's so nice to hear, especially from someone like you who does endeavour to use their social media for good as well. I've seen countless examples of you being really honest, like having great like open chats and not being afraid to tackle the tough stuff, which I think even me, like sometimes I shy away from it. Like I remember putting up a post about Joe Biden and being, this is such an obscure (laughs) reference, but being like, yes, time for change in the US. And I was really excited about it because obviously I hate Donald Trump. I thought he was right, butthole but the the hate I got off the back of it like I was like shit I deleted it I panicked mate like I honestly like doesn't matter whether you've been in the industry for 10 minutes or 10 years like I don't think you ever truly get your head around um being open to criticism that much it's a tough one um it sounds to me as though Mike's suicide had a profound effect on you um and I, I I can understand totally why um how do, like how do you feel now I think it was I think at the time I was like crushed like I remember like I genuinely felt like heartbroken like my heart was aching and I wasn't able to eat and it was it was so weird because I think I was in like quite an unhealthy relationship at the time as well and I felt so alone and I just it was the guilt I just felt so guilty um and and now I kind of look back and I think you know, I think everybody probably feels guilty. It's when someone kind of commits suicide, you, the first thing you do is, I could have done more. And what could have I done more? I could have prevented this. Um, and I think that's what I really struggled with at the time. Also, a lot of people didn't know how close I was with Mike, which was another issue because I had so many people messaging me like, you weren't even that close to him. You know, you didn't even know him. I can't believe that when a young lad bright beautiful so much still to give has taken his life and that that is what people are choosing to spend their time doing because of he they're choosing to to troll someone which I don't know the ins and outs of it but I'm assuming played a huge part in why he felt like he had to do what he did like why they don't why they then go forward and do more of that it's mindless I know I'm sorry sorry that you went through that it's so dangerous actually because I mean you can look at the positives of this and it it causes such great awareness of of the problem which is you know so many people are committing suicide it is just heartbreaking and and I think it definitely taught me a lot about myself because I I thought to myself after kind of a bit of therapy and speaking to a lot of different people about the experiences reading a lot of books doing a lot of kind of inward work and 
thinking to myself, shit, there is a lot to be done. There are a lot of people who are exactly like Mike, who feel alone and who feel like the fear of living another day outweighs killing yourself. And and that's terrible that people go through that. I've never, ever kind of had suicidal thoughts and I can't fathom what people do go through. But it definitely was an awakening for me thinking that I want to do more for other people because life is too short. And I think you do have to help others. And I think especially people in our position, we have such social power, we can make a difference. And so I thought that's what I want to do more of. I want to make a difference to people's lives because there are so many unhappy people. And these are people's sons, these are people's daughters, these are people's brothers and sisters. And it's it's so raw and it's so morbid. Um, But I think it definitely, I mean, obviously a terrible thing to happen to anybody. But I try and now kind of fixate on what I can do more of to help others and it's, it's, it's made me be more self-aware actually it's made me feel like actually my life was pretty superficial and I wasn't helping anybody and if this is happening to me it's happening to so many other people what kind of a person do I want to be known for because I kind of stood up in the church and I did a eulogy for Mike and I had so many amazing things to say about him as a person and as a friend and and I thought, what do I want people to say about me in general? Not at my funeral, but what do I want people to know me by? And how do I want people to speak about me? And that really kind of stuck with me because I thought, people probably think I'm quite superficial. And I thought, actually, I don't want to be known for that. Yeah. So I need to be, I want to be known as kind and I want to be known as to be good at helping others and to be thoughtful and, you know, be, be just a normal human. And so that's what really kind of was my turning point into doing practice on self-love and really figuring out who I want to be. It's honestly, mate, like I I always say, I think nobody is going to remember how many Instagram followers you had and nobody's going to remember how good you looked in a bikini and no one's going to give a fuck if you had a thigh gap. Like what people care about, what sticks with them is how you made them feel. And like for years, I was so conflicted about my identity and being in, being like thrust into the public eye at 21, 22 didn't help. But like, I think your twenties are always difficult, whatever walk of life you're in, you're learning so much about yourself. Um, and I, like, I know when I was younger, nobody would have wanted their daughters to grow up like me. Like, a, co- a good couple of women said it to us. Like, they're now friends, like, people in the public. I even, like, I remember Susanna Constantine, bless her, coming up to me in the jungle and being like, before I knew you, like, if I just watched you on Jodie Shaw, she went, I would have hated me daughter to grow up like you. She was like, but meeting you now, she went, there's, she would, I would absolutely love my daughter to grow up like you. And it... I've always tried, like, since to try and live my life in a way that you let other people know it's all right to talk about stuff. You let other people know it's it's all right to have down days. It's all right to be sad. It's all right to have a hangover or or, or not look great without makeup. Sometimes, like, it's all right. And I think hearing you talk there, like, that's what you're saying. That you want to be remembered for the same things, for just being a good person, for being kind, for being all the things you should be. Yeah, exactly. And and I think, especially in this industry, there's actually not that many kind people. There's a lot of people who are not that nice, not that kind, not that down to earth, and they're very judgmental and all these things. And I remember actually when I first had a conversation with you, I think it was it was like the NTAs or it was at, it was at Grosvenor House. And I remember having this idea yeah. in my head of like being like, oh my God, I'm a fat nice person. 
I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit intimidated and a little bit scared. I'm like, what is she going to be like? Because I thought I had seen you on the show a few times when I was younger, and I was like, oh my gosh, it'd be so scary. And then I came home being so. Is she going to punch yeah, me? Yeah, literally, I was like, going to whack me around the face. Um, but then I, I, I came home and I was so just absolutely shell shocked with just how down to earth and, and kind you are. And I was like, do you know what? For someone who has been through it all, really. And been through the thick and thin of it. I thought, wow, like I was absolutely just blown away with just how lovely you were. So down to earth. I felt like I could sit and chat to her in the pub for hours because you're just so lovely. And I just remember telling so many of my friends, being like, that's what you've happened. She's actually fucking amazing. She's so nice. <laughs> and because I've been at so many of these events and so many people had not been nice or just been really up their own ass and really kind of pretentious. To then come across you, someone who's been in the industry for so long and someone who is so up there, um, be so kind of, you have so much humility and so much patience and just so much kindness to spread to everybody. I was like, fair play. Because this, this industry can make you so yeah. twisted and bitter. It and you're just be. the complete opposite of that. Honestly, thank you so much. Like, it can chew you up and spit you out. And don't get us wrong. If you'd have met us about five years ago, you probably would have gone home to your mates and gone, but laugh at your parts and there's as much of an arsehole as she seems on the telly. But, like, it gained me, like, I had some big pers- things that happened in my personal life that made me realise what was important, that made me realise what wasn't, made me realise who was fucking important and who wasn't. And going back to what you said about Mike, right? Like, my friend, my best friend, um, didn't kill himself, but he died. And, um, it was an accidental death. You, regardless of the circumstance, you feel the same way. Yeah. I was like, I shouldn't have let him go to that nightclub. I shouldn't have let this happen. I should have been there. Like, those things are perfectly normal. And I'm sure loads of people have told you, but, like, you were a good friend to Mike. And that's what you need to remember. Mm. And I think that's what's hard to remember, isn't it? Because you just pick apart and you try and remember every last conversation that you have with him. You're like... And, and now I look back, there was definitely a... The last FaceTime that I had with him, he was saying goodbye. But obviously at the time, I did not think you didn't anything know. of it. No, of course I didn't know. But he was like, he was like, I really appreciate all the things you've done for me. He was like, I love you to bits. He was like, I am so grateful for our friendship and I will always be there for you. And I always, at the time, I was thinking, oh my God, don't be ridiculous. I was like, I'm, you know, you're, I'm always going to have your back. You're always going to have my back. And it was probably like a 40-minute FaceTime conversation. And it was so lovely. And that's, that is kind of like my last memory because, and it's such a lovely one as well. Yeah. Because, you know, he absolutely adored his family. He adored his friends. And I, and I think we lost someone really good and I, I lost someone who was an amazing person. But I think, you know, between the both of us, we probably saved a fair few people um, just by being open and talking about mental health and talking about depression and talking about anxiety. I'd like to think that we've helped a lot of people in their tracks and, that's what we have to continue doing. And, and so these people, you know, Mike, Caroline, Sophie, didn't die in vain and your friends didn't die in vain. It has to be his Mike's legacy. Like, it, it, we have to encourage men. In particular, I mean, God, mental health, um, these feelings, it completely affects everybody. It doesn't discriminate. I completely get that. But in particular, I feel like fellas, there's this really toxic masculinity in this culture where you're encouraged to man up and hide your feelings. And instead, I think we should be encouraging young men to speak up, to to be honest, to cry, to feel their feels, because... The alternative, as we've seen, is heartbreaking. 100%. And 
it's this weird thing, I think, with women. We're so good at, at sharing and being empathetic yeah. and putting ourselves into someone else's shoes. So, so I know if I message you next week with a bookie, I, I really need to just have a chat with someone. My anxiety is really bad. I need some help. I know for a fact I could chat to you for two hours and talk about it because I know that you'd be there and I know that you'd be like, right, she's going through something difficult. I know that I've been through that. I'm going to tell her kind yeah. of what worked for me. Whereas men don't really do that, even with their closest friends they tend not to share because they think, oh, I don't need the other person. And it's very much like a, I think it's a strength thing because men, are, they want to be the strongest. They want to be physically strong. They want to be mentally strong. And they don't want to show weakness. Strength and image. So it's important that we open up those conversations. I think you're totally right. Honestly, mate, I'm a bit shell-shocked. Like, I've never talked to you about Mike properly before. Um, and I know how close, I know how close you were. Um, and I know it must have had a huge effect on you, but like the only thing I can say is I know that what you're doing now, using your platform responsibly, helping people, trying to make sure nobody feels the same way Mike did or feels that that's their only option, like you would be very proud. Oh, thank you so much. That that means so much. And I think that's all we can do, isn't it? We can just try and help others. Yeah. And I think that's what you do as well. So sorry mate I'm getting a bit tearful and I always do this like I cry at other people's stuff and I'm like will you just pull yourself together Vicky like it's their thing but I just feel like you're very brave Montana and I appreciate you talking to us about that so let's move on before I fucking break down totally oh there it is oh the funny I'm so sorry um let's move on (laughs) you're a very good person too I'm very pleased you agreed to do this right there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Let's talk about... Do you know what? Let's fucking have a total gear change. Yeah. Let's, let's just mix it up. Let's talk about your DMs because I've read you've had some pretty fucking great celebs in your DMs. And honestly, I'm, the only person who's ever been in my DMs was Jason Manfad. He just recommended some good box sets for us to watch, bless him. So who's been in yours? Is it better than Jason Manfad? Yeah, so I had a little breezy slid into the DMs. Who's that? Is that Chris Brown? Yeah, Chris Brown. Montana, you're going to have to speak in plain English for me. I'm very old. I'm 33, mate. No, Chris Brown. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. What did he say? He literally just said something like, what did he say? I think he actually just did like a, a wave emoji to start off with. And then I replied. Fucking basic. I know, very basic. And, and then he said that he feels like our energies would connect or something. He said something to do with our energies. And I thought, I think if he knew me and knew how old men I was, I was like, I don't think 
there's going to be a connection there. Unfortunately. No, because honestly, now all I have in my head is him. Your energies actually do match, and he's you're both sitting there with cups of tea, playing a round of like gin rummy <laughs> with Vera on the telly, like little blankets over you. Like that is an image that is going to live rent free in my head forever. <laughs> now you and Chris Brown wrapped up in blankets with a cup of tea, brilliant. I chill. I chill. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Oh my God, so much, so, that was just so excited by that image. Right, so Chris Brown, who else? Is there anybody else? Oh my God, so this guy, and I actually used to watch, did you ever used to watch Eight Simple Rules? Yes! Yes, so CJ from Eight Simple Rules, and his his actual name is David Spade. No! Yeah, David Spade, and I was actually kind of a bit hurt by that one, because I thought, that's a little bit insulting for me, because he's a lot older than me, like he could be my dad. Oh my god, mate! Like not not only that, but like, and I I've, I've got a, always got a mad gay vibe I don't know. from him. Like I would. This is a hundred. I didn't realize he was straight. Well. I know. I know. <gasps> the DMs are always a funny place because right. I feel like it's so easy to just slide into people's. Yeah, I've had a lot of footballers. I mean, it's footballer like central in the DMs, like. But it's, it's mad because I almost feel like it's a bit of a competition because they're all from like similar teams. I'm like, you guys must talk to each other. Um, but I have a strict no footballer policy. You see? Do yeah. Good for good for you, mate. They tend to like. Obviously, I don't want to make a sweeping generalisation, but they tend to be very free and easy with the old dicks. Yeah, with the old down belows. Yes, exactly. So yeah. not, I personally don't think I could trust a footballer. So. Not for me. No. Oh, well, mate, do you know what? It doesn't matter who's in your DMs because it sounds as though you've got it all figured out with this lovely new fella. Different shape ball. You've gone rugby, <laughs> right? Yeah, so it's so weird because the, the papers printed that he was like a professional rugby player. He is not a professional rugby player. He literally just played at university. Oh, bless him. <laughs> he was so buffed. He was so buzzing. Yeah, I was going to say, like, they've actually, like, upped his, like, his CV rather than, like, Erkan always gets really upset because they always, they always report that he's 37. He's only, like, 28 in real life. But I just let it go because I think, yeah, you can, I, I don't like being the older one. So he's fuming about that. So tell your fella, it could be fucking worse, mate. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's loving it. As soon as it said professional rugby player plays for Wales, he's like, yeah, oh, sweet. He was like, I'm getting some street cred here. I was like, yeah, but it's not true. Everyone that knows you knows you <laughs> Well, I am so pleased you've finally found your happily ever after, Montana. I really hope this is it because you've had your ups and downs in the love department, but he seems like a proper winner, mate. Yeah, he's lovely. He is a really, really sweet guy. And I think I think when I first met him, like, I don't know if you felt like this with Erkan, but as soon as I first met him, I it wasn't like love at first sight. It wasn't one of those typical like... <gasps> wow, there was just this cosmic connection where we just instantly gravitate towards each other. It was very much like, you're so alone, you're not my type. Um, I never want to see you again. And then... You're such a cool customer. Like, I am the polar opposite of you, Montana. Like, I love everybody, man. Like, I fall in love with everyone. You are so... You're as cool as a cucumber in a bowler hat and I am a human Labrador. Like, that is it. That is it. (laughs) Like, I just remember, because I'm very much, like, an over... Like, I am an oversharer. So, like, if I just meet someone at the pub, they could very much easily... I could be talking about my anxiety. I could be talking about, you know, my childhood problems. I could be talking about anything. Whereas, like, when I first met, 
my other half, he he was so like quite shy and quite reserved. And in my head, I was thinking, oh, self his own ass. He's not telling me about anything. No childhood problems. Not got anxiety. I was like, what's wrong with you? Um, so I just instantly thought, tell me about your trauma. Yeah, tell me about your childhood trauma now. Um, he was just such a low book, and I'm so not used to that. I'm used to kind of going for people who are, I'd say, like almost actually too overly confident. So it's been such a lovely pairing because we really like well complement each other, and he copes with me so well. He's so calm. Whereas like, I can obviously be all over the place having a meltdown about random things, and it really keeps me grounded, keeps me calm. And just super chilled, which I'm I'm not I'm not used to. So I'm I'm very, very lucky. Oh me, I'm so pleased. And you know, I think that's part of the part of the secret to the old love thing. Like Erkan balances me out really well as well. Like I'm neurotic and I'm in your face <laughs> and I'm I'm super unbalanced, but he's very calming, very chilled, like nothing's a bother. And it just rubs off on you, like in a very sneaky, covert way. Before you realise it, you're like God, I'm karma too. Like you fucking, you mood ninja. Like yeah. they're great at that. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's amazing. And I always picture myself kind of not going out with someone in the industry because I just don't think I have the capacity to do it. Because um, I think mm. I think I'm quite like a jealous person in terms of like I'm just like no one look at my man. Um, so <laughs> so I just knew that it wasn't going to work for me if I went out with anyone in the industry but it's great like no one knows who he is he's literally yeah. just like a little they all think crowd. he's a professional rugby player <laughs> literally everyone's looking on like the Welsh rugby team thinking, where is he no one can find him it's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mate. Oh, well, I'm so pleased for you. And what a nice note to end on. Before I let you go and play with your handsome fella and gorgeous puppy, you smug bitch, um, <laughs> I just want to... Well, here at Vicky Pats and the Secret do. we always give our lovely listeners a couple pearls of wisdom from our gorgeous guests. Um, some advice, if you will, something they've learned over the years. And listening to you talk, so you, you're just... You're, you're, you've been a great guest, but I think it's so obvious that you have learned the secret to staying true to yourself. And I, I, that's something that's taken me an awful long time to learn. So you're definitely ahead of the curve. And I'm sure our listeners would like to know what your secret is to staying true to yourself. Um, I think the secret to staying true to yourself is, so there are three main things in life, right? You've got people, you've got money, and you've got things. And these are the three top things that I think are the kind of centre of people's lives. The order in which that should go in is people first, then then money, and then things. People should always come at the top of that list um, because at the end of the day, all that matters is, is that you feel loved and that you are creating connections with people who you love and doing things with people that you love. And that will ultimately make you feel better. If you're giving out good energy, if you're giving out love, if you're sending your friends a card or sending them a flower flowers on their birthday or you're giving them just good vibes good things will come to you and you'll feel good about yourself so don't be too caught up in making loads of money and buying loads of of an expensive car and expensive handbags focus on the people in your life and tell them that you love them and then I think that's the best thing that you can do the Montana man you're just such a nice there's that saying isn't there like the world is like the world is the way it is because people have started to love things 
rather than and and they see people as replaceable and it should be the polar opposite in life like people who've been there for you when you were young when you had nothing like your ride or dies love them appreciate them show them how much they mean to you Mm -hmm. things are replaceable never get that balance like skewed mate such a pleasure talking to you today i love you so much i wish you all the best luck in your future endeavors sounds like you just didn't get the job doesn't it i don't know why i ended like that so weird i got nervous you're so i got close to the screen and realized how pretty you were and i was like oh vicky you're nervous you fancy her a bit so i'm so sorry thank you so much for being a great guest i hope you have a fantastic day yeah, thank you so much for having me honestly it's so nice to have these open conversations and when you first kind of invited me to come on the show I was like absolutely like and I hope everyone's enjoyed listening and I will be back soon hopefully yeah Oh, mate, I'll have you back anytime. Like, I even want you as a co-host after this. You're the fucking dust nuts. Yay! All right, well, have a fantastic day. I hope your puppy doesn't chew up any of your expensive stuff. Mm, I mean, as long as he's not eating Urkan, I'm fine. Remember, we appreciate people, not things around here. <laughs> well, guys, that was the... Oh, just the beautiful Montana Rose Brown. I feel like I don't know why I always full name her. She's mom. We're friends now. That that was mom. <laughs> um, but I hope you took something away from that. There was a incredible, some incredibly profound moments this week, and I just really want to thank her for being so open and honest. And guys, if anybody is struggling who's listened to this app, girls, boys, anybody, please talk to someone. Talk to your friends. Talk to your mates. Talk to a professional because you are beautiful. You are loved, and we want you in this world. Um, that's the episode of it you pass the secret show this week if you are enjoying listening then guys tell your mates leave a review do all of the nice podcasty things sending you loads of love and i can't wait to see you next week bye